That you could get、um, inspiration from, you know, anybody, but you know, try to make it you, you know, through that、um, you factor, that element into、mm-hmm. you know what you're trying to create. Listening sessions podcast season four. I'm always excited to have you guys join us on the podcast.、Um, of course, this is nothing without the listeners. So、um, today's show, we have a bona fide hit maker, a fantastic producer, an all-round、um, great musician.、Um, this guy is music royalty, you know. But、um, we're going to get into all of that as we proceed. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, Andre Vibes. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Andre Vibes, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to even be here, man. My pleasure. How, how, how have you been? I know you have um you 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 had placements on Rema's album and all these other amazing stuff, but um how have you been? What what's been happening? What's up, man? Um, I've been good. Um, and I've been working, you know, just working. So when I'm not um out, you know, maybe recording a podcast or doing something else, I'm like in the studio or in my room just making music. Straight yeah, up, straight up, man. Um, I have been wanting to ask you this question: What does it look like when? A producer makes a hit record. What starts to happen, like after making a big song, like Pose,、uh, like Pose,、um, Feeling. Yeah. What is that like? It it feels good, especially you know when、um, you're new to it, right? I've been making like amazing music for like a long time, but、um, how to go about You know, just having that music out there going mainstream was something that I had not figured out like for a long time. Like I hadn't cracked it, but you know, by the time you know, from I think 2019, late 2019 and 2020, I knew that okay, you know, I have to like you know just change like a lot of things, strategy, and you know, just how I go about you know making this music and who I work with.、Mm. Yeah, but so when. You know that time came and I made that hit. Like it just felt, it felt really amazing. It felt like yeah, all that time I've put in doing this, like、yeah. it, you know, it, it matters, right? And there's a lot that comes with it. I mean, money comes with it,、mm. right? And then exposure. I think the exposure. Like your is, phone is ringing up the hook. Yeah, <laughs> people, people just want people want to work with you. People are now willing to pay you. You know. Watch you, you charge, you know, as opposed to before. I see, even if I tell you fifty k, said you're still like, I don't know, because they don't know you, you know, you don't have like any certified hit out there. But this time is different, you know. I, if I say, oh, I charge this, you know, they are willing to pay. Yeah, but apart from that, just for me, like like I said earlier, I just I'm very careful with who I work with now. Yeah. So um, how. Ha- How did how did that song come to be? How 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 did all of that happen? 
man, it was just, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that to call it um, just the right timing, like the universe just, you know, leading us, you know, to, into making that, that track. But I know like early, um, early 2021, yes, early 2021, when myself and Ladipo had like conversations about, you know, him working on his project, um, he came around and we listened to like a couple of beats that I'd made. And that particular feeling beat was one of the beats that, you know, caught his attention. Mm. And I'd made that before from like 2020, but it wasn't complete. And most times when I just make, I create and then I save, especially when I don't, you know, have like, maybe I just create and I'm not really in the mood to like finish up or I don't know, you know, what else to add to it. Yeah. So I just save so I can come back to it. But I had forgotten, totally forgotten about that beat. So I was playing beats for Ladipo and then I just saw that and I was like, let me even check, what is this? And I know I saved it funny, like it was, um, <laughs> I saved it with like S-D-D-D-D-D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saved it with that. So I was looking at it, I was like, what's this? What's S-D-D-D-D-D? And then I decided to check it and I played it. As soon as it started, we were like, oh, okay. And then Ladipo was like, he likes it. And I was like, I like it too. And... He was like, keep this for me. Let's just keep keep this. So fast forward to like maybe a month and a half after that, um, we had this other beats that we were to record on and we needed somebody for the hook. And one of the A and Arrow guys, his name is Bolaji, um, he, he suggested Buju. He was mm. like, ah, Buju should come to the studio that Buju will kill this particular beat. And then Butchu came to the studio, I think it was the next day. And then went ahead to record that that song, which was fire also. After recording, we're just playing back and then just chilling in the studio, just, you know, talking, gisting. And then like Paul was like, oh, play him like some other beats. Play him that beat, that SDDD beat. I was like, oh, okay. And then as soon as I played it, Butchu was like, yo, like I should you know, he wants to record, he wants to put something on, he has something. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And then as soon as he dropped his hook, you know, I looked at Ladipo and I was like, bro, <laughs> we got one. I think this is it. You know, immediately I, it just struck, it just hit. Like, it was like, I had this feeling, instant feeling that, bro, we have to finish this song. We have to finish this song first. And I, I believe that something great is going to come out of this. And then after Buju left, myself and like the people talked and then we went back to the studio and started recording and we took our time, you know, on how the direction of how that song was going to go. And then, you know, when it was done, you know, we also, you know, we now how to like, it's, it's a, there's a lot of politics in putting out music too, right? Mm. Especially when you're in Libyas and they already have like what they wanted to put out because there was already music, his next single. Yeah. And I told Ladipo, like, I don't know. Because normally I'm not desperate for, for stuff. Like, yes. I don't like to push. I just do my thing and then I'll leave it and move on to the next one. But this one, I don't know, the feeling I had, I was like, Ladipo, I was like, bro, I think this is the song. I just have a feeling that if we don't put out this song now and we miss it, mm. I don't think, you know, it was like, yeah, it feels the same way too. I was like, okay, what are we going to do? 
you know, we have to convince everybody. And then we play for this, Tega likes it, we play for the A&R guys, they like it, we play for this person, like it. And then I think the what, what sealed it was for us was, you know, there was this day Jazz was in the studio and he had guests. And then like Po came to the studio too and I was like, Yo, Jazz is upstairs, let's, let's go and play the song for him. And I was like, yeah, 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 I think it's a good idea, let's go, let's go. But like, he, he has guests, I was like, we'll just wait, let's see him, shall, let him know that we're around. <laughs> And then we got to the studio and like Paul was like, yo, Jazzy, after greeting everyone, I was like, we have this song, um, we want to play for you, let's want to know what, you know, you think. Like, ah, Jazzy was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, play it. And we connected it to his, um, we sent it to his, like, system. Mm. And if you've been to Jazzy's studio, like, the the monitors, the speakers, like, it, the sound from there is, is mad, it's crazy. And then we just took the volume up to, like, loudest. And then as soon as it started, like when that bass dropped, like doom, doom. <laughs> Yo, I was looking at everybody and saw everybody's reaction. It was like, these are people that are not even musicians and stuff. They just, they're guests. And I was looking at them and they were feeling it. And myself and like Paul looked at each other and looked at Jazzy. Jazzy was like, when it was done, I was like, yo, like this is, I like it. I like it. I was very excited. <laughs> I was like, yo, bro, we have to we have to find a way for this thing to come to out. out. Yeah, I don't know about this, your other song, or you can keep it, maybe put it in your project or something, but this one, this is like first single. But luckily for us, like, you know, that worked out. And then song drops in less than two days, like a day and a half, and then we're number one. And that's when it dawned on me that I'd never really thought of charts or numbers or whatever like <laughs> I'd, I'd never right i'd never thought of any of that before i'd never before that time i'd never gone to look at all oh, these apple music charts or anything never in my life never i didn't even know how, like when people just said i like eh, okay so that was the first time that's when i realized because when they now told me that oh we debuted on um maybe one one fourteen or so I'm like, oh, cool. And then in less than two hours, someone said we're at 30 something now. I'm like, ah, that fast. <laughs> and then in like another two hours again, like you're on 17. And it kept going and kept going and kept going like that. And by Saturday, Saturday night, we're like number, we're top 10 already. It's like, oh, that's crazy. That's when it started to dawn on me. I was like, oh, I think people really love this song. Right, and then I went to Twitter. I'm seeing it; it's trending. I'm seeing like what people are saying, and it's it's crazy. It's like everything's positive. And then I'm still. There was even a time like there were times like I would post on my WhatsApp status, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, what number? I'll put like the screenshot there, like what number ten now, and then someone would say, oh, you are number seven now. I'm like, <laughs> oh, really? And then I'll go back to check and refresh, and I'm like, what number seven? And I'll screenshot then. You, I think that's number seven I waited and then was number three. So by this time, when it was number three, it was like um, Saturday night, like midnight. It's like already, it was already Sunday, but like maybe 1 a.m. And then I post is number three now. And then I wake up by 4 a.m. I was in the studio. So I slept in the studio. I was in the studio. I just took a nap. And then I woke up by 4 a.m. again. I checked my phone to see what's up. And... It was still showing that it was number three on my Apple Music. So I put it, I think that's when I posted like around 4 a.m. in the morning. And I was like, oh, number three. 
And then someone was awake at that time and just texted me that you're number one now, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, word, like crazy. And then, you know, just the next day, next two days, just like my phone was blowing up, followers just increasing like rapidly. And it's just everything just changed. Everything just changed. Well, and for me, um, before feelings. Um, I've been a fan of yours. I really liked um um your work with Amale. Yeah, and those were pretty big as well. You didn't get this same feeling. Yeah, I so like the Amale owner. I I didn't see it coming to be honest. I didn't see. It coming. How did you guys know? Like, have you always known him? No, no. So um, I've only met him once. Yeah, only met him once. Um, so I used to work at, at a radio station, you know, 2018, 2019. And one of the guys that owned the label that signed on my label mm-hmm. was, you know, head of music for for the radio station. Yeah. So um, I was quitting my job in 2019, September of 2019. And I just went to meet him. I was like, yo, bro, I don't, I don't tire out. I think I want to, I need to get back to music because for like three years, I'd not, I'd not really, I'd not made music for like three years. I was just, you know, just want to gain some experience in media and, and all of that. Just see how, you know, it works from the inside. And so I was living, I just, to, it was me just informing him like, man, I don't come out here. So if I don't see me, that kind of thing. But if you have anybody, because I know like he knows like a lot of artists, people mm. come. I mean, mm. people want to put their music mm-hmm. out so. Mm-hmm. Like I'm down, like anything. I just, I just want to work. I just want to make music. And it was like, oh yeah, that he has this artist too. That, that they got a place for him inside phase one. Yeah, that if I'm down, after like when when we close, that you can take me. Just go and check him out. Let me listen to what he has, hmm. and then see what we can do. I was like, yeah, sure, I'm down. And then, you know, after work, we go to where Omali was staying. And I meet him. And then we go inside. He plays me some stuff that he has, that he's made. I was like, oh, cool. And then I had that beat, that yeah, yeah, yeah beat. I already made it down. That yeah. beat is mad, yeah. guy. And and that, and that <laughs> a funny, funny story with that beat. That beat, I originally made it like with Rema at the back of my mind. Because oh. Rema, Rema popped, Rema blew in 2019. Mm. So... When I saw Jazzy on Vio Rema, I was like, oh my God. Like, I was so happy because, I mean, I, I know Rema from way back in Benin. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was like 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, I saw it and I'm like, I wasn't surprised and I was happy. And then maybe a month after, you know, he blew, he was on Vio. Two months after, I think it was two months after, he comes to the station to do an interview and i wasn't even at work by that time but someone called me like because they knew because mm. i was the one like carrying like you guys <laughs> i never know this guy yeah. like you guys watch this guy this guy is going to go like global like so some people is like uh, like okay you'll see you'll see and i'll tell you i told you <laughs> so when he came one of my colleagues called me like ah your boy there around the rumor there around like come 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 i was like okay i'm already on my way i was close to the office so I come in, I see him. And mind you, I told you for like three years, I'd not made music. Yeah. 
So all of that kind of like just inspired me to want to like go back because I feel like, man, what am I even doing? What am I doing here? Right. And things were difficult. I wasn't being paid like salaries and everything. Everything was just tough and rough at that time. So I was like, man, maybe I should, I should go back and just start creating. And luckily for me, earlier that year, like in February of that 2019, I was able to raise some money and I bought like myself like a MacBook and bought some equipment in my room. But I had all these things, but I still wasn't making anything. Mm. I wasn't inspired to make anything. So when I went back to my house that day, I created that beat. You know, in mind that when I see him again, because yeah. I had his manager's number, I was like, oh, I that, don't know, we'll talk, we'll see. But the easiest way to reach him is through the manager. Mm. This, this, this. I'm like, okay, no, no problem. Um, so I went back home, I made that beat, but then it was difficult for me to, you know, reach him again. It was just, I was like, okay, it's, it's cool. And then fast forward to when I meet on Malay, I was just playing beats. And then I play, I think that was like the second beat I played, the third beat. And as soon as I played it, Omale was like, Omale and Valo were like, yo, what's this? I was like, just one beat, man. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they want this one. They want it. They were so... I was like, okay. No problem. I didn't think much of it. Because Omali had not put out anything. Nobody knew him. Yeah. You know? But for me, it was just, I want to make music. I just, whatever, ever, you know, let the music go out. Mm. Let me just shout put mm. something out there, you know. And fast forward to January of... I think it was January of 2020. Mm. Meanwhile, between that time when I gave him the beats, he had recorded, he sent back to me. I listened to it. I was like, oh, it's cool. I like it, though. I like it. And then by October, we're talking about mixing. So I sent the stems and all that. Then I, I forgot about it. So by January of 2020, you know, I'm hearing when he dropped his first single, You. I didn't even know it was on Malay. Mm -hmm. I think until because I used to hear the song, I just hear the song, and and then one day I was in the office. By this time I joined Maven, so I was walking, coming down the staircase, and I saw on TV. I saw him. I was like, Ah, I know this guy I know now. I'll be this guy. And then increase the volume. I told him to increase the volume, and then I heard his I "Love You," uh, "You." I love I, like ah, oh, he's the one that sang this song. I've been hearing it. So I'm like, Oh, cool. You know, by this time people know this song, but people don't know him. Hmm. You know, they don't even know the name. They just, I'm like, Cool, okay, no wahala. And then, I think February, Valo is telling me that, oh, they are dropping his EP, and we'll put that song, it's going to send me split and all that, like, fine. And then, lockdown happens. So, it's during the lockdown, we're just there, and then, one day, I think, a day before, two days before it dropped, Valo still reminded me that it's dropping, I'm like, fine. And he even said something that, oh, say, no worry, you won't blow like this. <laughs> I just laughed, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the day before it dropped, he told me, I'm like, okay, no wala. So the only thing I just did was I just post reposted the um cover mm. art on my story. And that was it. And then I woke up in the morning. I'm seeing tags, I'm seeing notifications, like crazy notifications like that I've never gotten before in my life. I can see notifications that are up to like 200 and something at the same time. Like I'm trying to refresh and more are coming and on Twitter. And then I'd never gotten, not even on Twitter because on my Instagram, I mean, I have engagement there. Mm. So even if, even 
though I didn't have a lot of followers at that yeah. time, but my engagement was like, you know, was cool. But on Twitter, I'm not very active on t- on Twitter. And if I post something, nobody will even retweet it. If, but I'm seeing, you know, notifications from Twitter and there are a lot. And I'm going there to check and people are talking about how crazy this beat is and this, 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 this. And I was like, oh, this, this, is, this is mad. <laughs> and then that day, I was like, oh, this is cool. But it was, I think it was the next day after the EP had dropped that I realized that, okay, I think this shit is very big. <laughs> this is not, this is not. It's those, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. This one is not like, you know, when you drop song and, yeah, the guy go just pop some and go, I'm like, okay, this, this is crazy. I think people actually love this guy and people love this EP. And people will tell me that, oh, you guys and he's number one. The EP is number one on Apple Music charts. It's number one to five. Because there were five songs. So it's yeah, number one to five. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, ah, I was like, okay, cool. So people were just telling me. But it wasn't until feeling that I realized that I checked for the first time that, yeah, oh, that... Oh, this is cool. So that's how I met Omali. That's how I met Omali and worked with him. And then when that song dropped, so what that did for me was a lot of industry people started to take notice like mm. you know uh, some of them you know messaged me mm. and some even messaged me and tell me that yeah i see what you're doing like it's nice 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 yes. man we this is not going to be complete if we don't take it back to the basics mm. you know because like i said i'm a big <coughs> I'm a big fan of your production. Yeah. Um, a lot of people send me beats or people who do production and you listen to it and you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. But I always feel like there's that little extra insight in what you do and I don't know where that came from. But um, for those of you who do not know, Andre Vibes happens to be the son of the legendary Sir Victor Waifo. <laughs> What was it like growing around that genius of a man, and how 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 did all of that shape the 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 person and musician that you are now? Um, honestly, it did a lot, and I would say it's a privilege, you know, to have you know a father like that. Um, I mean, I I grew up hearing music like literally almost every day and the beauty of of it all was i wasn't just i wasn't hearing just one type of music you know apart from hearing my dad's songs my dad used to play a lot of you know other songs like foreign songs um he played he loved classical music a lot so i think subconsciously um just hearing all of that you know while growing up um just you know had that um contributed to you know what's the way i create now mm. yeah because the way i hear sounds is different from i don't know how other people hear their own sound but the way i hear sound it's it's, it's crazy i can hear stuff from this from here and here from this other place and and somehow be able to like you know combine and merge it together to make something fresh my own stuff out of it you know i i have the ability for me to be able to you know combine elements from different genres to make something different what how how did you when did you start learning production or when did you 
How so, did you get into so it? So I, I I would say I would say I've been doing this from like um I officially started producing at the age of seventeen. Yeah, that was two thousand and five. Yeah, two thousand and five, I think I was seventeen already. So but yeah, there was there was some time last year I was just you know trying to recall like I think I was having a conversation with somebody and then it dawned on me that I think I've been doing this way longer than that but I just didn't realize that's what that's what I was doing yeah. like it was preparing me for that so I'd already started playing like I took interest in wanting to play the piano from when I was like a toddler hmm. um, my my elder one of my elder brothers when he was still in the house he would come and we have in our house we had like a children's parlor and in children's parlor there's a grand piano there you know my dad put like a grand piano there so it was red i remember the color and my brother's room was downstairs you know close to the children's parlor so mm. if he walks out he just you know walks into the children's parlor and then he's playing you know the piano and he always used to play like michael jackson's billy jean or like his music and my brother used to like he was nigerian african michael jackson at that time <laughs> yeah um so when i hear him play i run down from like upstairs to come and stand beside him just watch him and i think i already started picking interest in wanting to play the the, the piano and by the time i was like six six seven my dad had, um, I think at the age of six, one of my elder brothers, you know, traveled out uh, of the country. They went on tour with my dad and then he, also, he just left from there. And then he left his piano for me. It was like, um, it was an organ, actually, mm. big organ, you know, <laughs> buttons and everything. And it was very heavy and big. You know, he left it for me. And then, you know, I tried, I always used to press it. And figure out stuff. I knew I knew I knew how to play like the sofa notations mm. and whatever, and then just try to figure out you know sound mm. from from that. And then I think my dad noticed that uh, this guy is very you know he seems very interested in this thing. And then he got you know one of his band boys to come you know teach myself and my younger sister in the house. So like every week. You know, I think two, three times a week, you know, in the evenings, the guy will come and he would, you know, just teach us how to play the piano, the keyboard. But I was the one always interested. My sister was still, my sister is younger than me, like <laughs> three years younger. So she didn't, she wasn't even interested. She, so I was the one always there, I would be there and watch. And when it's done, I'll go back to my room, carry my keyboard. Because my dad now bought me like a keyboard. Mm. And then I'll go back to my room and practice and practice and practice and just play. And then, you know, all those um, sounds that come with the pianos, like, yes. yeah. I would now just play them and try to combine the different beats together <laughs> and play something over it. So I, I always used to do that, do that and then record on the piano itself, record those sound in the piano. The, I know at that time when I would make it, like it, it used to sound like scattered and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I used to try. So I feel like that's when it started for me, just trying to create, you know, these beats on that until... You know, I was done with secondary school mm. and um, before I actually finished secondary school, I started recording, you know, music. I had a group. I was in a group okay. in secondary okay. school and I schooled in Lagos. Yeah, so um, we formed a group 
and we're recording songs. I remember we'd scale fence because mm-hmm. I was in boarding house. We'd scale fence and you know raise enough money to go to the studio. And we used to use a studio at First Stack that time, all the way from like the island here, mm. go to First Stack. Wow. You know, yeah, to make to record. And um, I had one of my experiences in the studio. I think my second time in the studio making recording. Um, it didn't go very well mm. the way I wanted because I think the engineer was it had to be rude yeah. to me like he was he was very condescending like yeah. like I didn't because we come with the music we know exactly what we want to do and I'm like you know he start, starts making the beat and it's nice it's sounding nice but when he starts to add the melodies it's like uh, okay I think this guy is trying he's taking it I like the melodies but it was sounding jazz like jazzy right and what we're doing is R&B, R&B and hip-hop. Hmm. So it would now mean that I would have to adjust my singing. So I politely went and told him that, please, sir, um, I, this is nice, but I was even diplomatic. I was, this is nice. <laughs> but um, can I just maybe just show you, I'll play the chords for you because I already, you know, I had the chords. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I'll play the chords. Let me just play it and then you just take it away. So you see what I'm trying to do. And then he just went off on me like, you know, what you what do you mean? What do you know? Like, this is you come and teach me my wife. Like, I'm not trying to teach you, I just want to show you, like <laughs> <laughs> and then he nah, it, it wasn't nice. So I just I I was I was very unhappy and then I just stepped out of the studio and I told my friends, don't worry, they should continue. When they are done, he's done making the beat, they should call me. Whatever I mix, I would adjust and sing to it. And so when we were done, I recorded my part. Because I was the one who came up with the hook and everything. Mm. I recorded my part. And then I left. But after that, it was on my mind that nah, I need I need to know how to make my own beats. Because mm. I had I had sounds, I had melodies yeah, in my head, yeah. like in my head. Every time I write a song, I have the beats in my head. Like, while I'm writing the song, the beat is playing in my head. Like, everything from the kick to the snare to the hi-hat to how I want the bass to sound to how I want whatever wet sound that I want there. Even if I didn't know the name of what that sound is, but I just had it in my head. I want something to be playing like this inside. And then, you know, so when I was done with school, you know, I think by August 2005, when I went back home, you know, I met my dad. I showed him, like, a you know, a list of plans I had, things that I wanted to do, you know, over the years, you know, and one of it was, you know, um, have my own studio and just make music. I also had like so many other things like fashion and every other thing. And he was looking at it and I was like, uh, you know, I even listed on it. I was like, someday I would like to have like, you know, a, uh, an event, you know, center sort of like, mm. you know, like the way we have like O2 and stuff, yes. something grand like that where people can, you know, do concerts wow. and stuff. I, I had it, I even did like a sketch, <laughs> you know, of it because I'm a fine artist, I, I draw too, right? Mm. So I was looking at it, I was like, oh, is these are big, and I'm like, yeah, I want to do it. Like, it's not, I was like, it's not now, I, but I'm looking at like 10. So at that time, I was like, I'm looking at 10 years. <laughs> I used to think like 10, 10 years was not, right? So he was like, the one that looks, you know, like it's possible to do now is music, like studio. So mm-hmm. you go and learn um, studio. So at that time, what he did was he 
called one of his engineers to um he just told her on that I was going to be coming and you know to come and learn production. Mm-hmm. But when I started it was live production. Okay. Yes. So I think that also helped me a lot because I didn't realize that until maybe five years after I started producing mm-hmm. that think this this actually helped me a lot because when i started i used to hate it i used to hate i was like i'm this is not what i want to do i don't want to be watching these local musicians that are singing like um juju music or robo music record their songs when, when i'm supposed to be sleeping at night because they always used to have their sessions at night they would travel down to benin from wherever they were and they would book night because that was like the best time to record everywhere is quiet and they will come it's a full band full wow. band you have up to like nothing less than 20 people Woo! right and studio will be stuffy and like, I'm like <laughs> so my work that time was i was just i was there to watch how you know the recording process you know went and you know one of the things i had to do was also like show like a cue card so they're like cue cards um you had like numbers in there maybe one to 30 or one to 50 and and you know, back then, because it's live recording, these guys, they used to make their music for like, it could yeah. be like 15 minutes long, 20 minutes long. And so my job was basically to, while the engineer is there recording, my job was to lift the number up because I'm looking at the computer. Yeah. And I'm I'm seeing that, oh, you've hit one minute, right? So I'll raise the card up one minute and two minutes. So by the time it gets to 10 minutes, if they plan to do the song for 12 minutes, they know by 10 minutes they need to start rounding up. Mm. So by the time I show 10 minutes, like they know that, okay, they need to start rounding up. Yeah. So I used to do that, but my nights, like, I'll work and then when they are done recording, maybe like 3, 4 a.m., I'm just there in the studio, like, it's just looking and I'm like, God, I need to go back home. And even though the studio wasn't far from my house, And then, but one of the good things is that every time they come to the studio, they bring food, like coolers. It's like as if it's a party. They wow. come with coolers, big coolers of food with crates of drinks, beer, everything, oh, pure water, wow. everything. So those guys, like, they used to drink, eat. So sometimes I would eat. And then I did that for, like, a month plus. And I think between between September, between September to, and October, mm. I did that early October and then I was I wasn't enjoying it. I spoke to the engineer, I was like, see, the thing I would really want to learn uh like digital production or like mm. I want to know how to make beats like yeah. on the computer. I want to learn. Yeah. So like eh, I was like okay, okay, okay. So he went back, he spoke to my dad and I tried to convince my dad that you know these young boys now, this generation now, everybody needs to know, you know, how to use the computer and stuff and you know, even him, like he does live recording, but he uses the computer yeah. to record them. And so my dad now, you know, found like a small space in the house and then gave me like a computer that he had and gave me, even then I, my studio, I didn't have a studio monitor. I used to use like this um, CD cassette tape, you know, player okay, okay, that okay. had speakers. So we mm-hmm. connect like the AV speakers and there was a way we did the connection to like the mixer, small mixer that I had. Wow. And that's what I was using as my speakers. And the idea was the engineer told me like, if whatever you are making sounds good on this, then it will sound good anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's what he used to convince me. And yeah. I was just doing that. It was like a tip like this. And I would, I was making my beats on that. 
and just trying to get the best sound mm. out of it. So every time I work, I'm like, man, I have to make, and I always used to go with this mindset that I have to make something different, something that doesn't sound like what any other person has made. Even if it sounds close, then I'll, I should be able to find a way to put in something yeah. that makes it stand out, that yeah. makes it different. Yeah, so, you know, that's how I started. And, you know, over time, I was working. I was working every day, hmm. every day. I would be in the house, but my studio is downstairs and I won't come out in three days. I'll be there. If I had to eat, I'll call my sister upstairs or my younger brother, please bring food for me or please come and help me buy something. Mm. <laughs> That's how I was in every day I was there. Like, so I think all that time I put into it is what, you know, it's manifesting right now. Wow. So like you, you, you had years of what would call within the label. Um, 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 yeah, you had what we'll call within the label um, environment, artist Develop, development, development, without yes. even realizing it. Yes. And so I'm um, talking about um, the label. Um, what, what, what is your relationship with uh, Maven? I'm, I'm signed to Maven. Oh, yeah, okay. Official nice. Maven producer. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So, man, so what is the Maven pipeline like like before that big unveiling what is it like it's just you know guys just coming together and just trying to make something crazy you know these guys are hungry hmm. and everybody's hungry and then the, that time like it just helps you to um to figure out your sound, your style, you know, even even though some of them don't even realize that's what's happening. But one thing I've, I've, I've observed is if you keep doing the same thing every day, keep going, keep going every day to do doing that thing, you will just realize at some point, you just notice that something switches, like you just switch. So the purpose of the artist, um, the pipeline, you know, is for these guys to figure out, you know, how they want to sound like, how they want to be. And then, you know, they also watch the other artists that's already out there, how, you know, they do their thing, you know, how they present themselves, mm. they package themselves as artists and all of that. And, you know, just being in that environment just, yeah. you know, kind of like helps you yeah. and then prepares you, you know, for when um, they are ready to unveil you or when it's time, you know. But I know, like, you know, I was I was there when I joined in 2020 before I had, like, any major um, hit. Mm. It was I, was, I was working with these guys, you know, you know, one on, like, just working with them and understanding them. Yeah. All them, Ira Star, Magics, all of them. At that time, they were still, you know, pipeline artists yeah. and they were just, you know, trying out stuff. And then, and for me, the way I work, with people in general it's just i try to um form you know a certain type of bond you know it doesn't we don't have to be best friends or anything i don't want to be in your space or i don't want to be in my space mm. anytime but i want us to have this rapport that yeah you know whenever we meet like there's that mutual respect and we're cool because if we have that it makes it makes it easier working mm. together because we can understand 
each other and if i say oh let's try this you would actually pay attention yes. to what i'm suggesting exactly as opposed to when we don't know each other you just come here you just want to do your thing and then it's like this one is for me and this one is for me hmm. so i like for myself and the artist to be comfortable to be cool you know before we we create hmm. yeah wow sounds good um i've 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 been wondering i find that um a lot of producers don't really have managers and i feel like it's because a lot of managers don't really know what to do with producers mm -hmm. so from your perspective what would be the best way for a manager to work with you or to work with a producer you know mm. what can managers be doing for them especially with the ecosystem how 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 it is now and all of that i mean in these days now it's it's the game the game is has changed it's big we're talking publishing we're talking syncing deals we're talking and all of these are you know you know verified source of revenues for the producer the artist and whatever and um and these opportunities are, are out there so for me, first of all, like anybody that I have to work with has to be someone who is like, you know, very knowledgeable and, you know, is hungry hmm. and then understands what, you know, my, my brand is about, what I'm trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. Because I'm doing music now, you know me because of music, but there's so much more about me than just the music that I put out. And everything is connected. Everything's I've started with music now, but everything's connected. By the time other things start to come out, then you you start to see the connection. Because yes. um I'm very intentional about, you know, whatever I create, be it music or be it art or be it anything at all I'm creating. And when I'm creating it, I find a way to link, you know, each of them or both of them or all of them together. Yeah. Yeah, so in my head, the public might not see it because I'm not putting everything out mm -hmm. there. But to me, while I'm making this music or the way I'm making this music now or creating this thing, I'm doing it um, in preparation for when maybe I need to put out like a, a, a clothing merch or something or my clothing line out yes. or something. Somehow you just see that I've been telling a story from before mm. yeah so um the the manager needs to understand all of that if if they don't see my vision if because i i'm i'm very i think i'm very good with you know just um i can read people yeah. to a large extent okay. and yeah from countenance i can just tell that uh, I think this person gets what I'm saying, or this person yeah. doesn't get it. <laughs> he doesn't really understand me, so there's no yeah, need to go for that. Yeah, there's no need. Yeah, yeah, so I have conversations with people mm. when I'm talking to them. I'm asking some key questions, just and just trying to find out stuff and see how they respond. And I just know, okay, because be, I I like to do that before I even go further into having any conversation about yes. anything serious, business mm. or whatever. Because I, I've learned that when you start having very serious conversations about business or about stuff yeah. it feels like you you're giving that person hope mm. about this and then if it doesn't pan out then it looks like um <laughs> you've betrayed or you, yeah. so i don't like to go into that i like to know that we are on the same page first mm -hmm. we understand 
what I'm trying to do here and you're also trying to help me achieve it. Yeah. You know, you know how to, you know, steer the vehicle to, mm. you know, that's that point. Nice. Yeah. I, I I was um speaking with my friend um yesterday and out of excitement I said, Man, tomorrow I'm having Andre Blaze on the show. Right. And he said, you know, ask him about the um Benin um music ecosystem and what he intends to contribute to all of that. Mm. So first of all, what is the music space like in Benin City? <sighs> I I it's um it's vague. If I think that might be the word, but um what I can tell you is there are a lot of amazing talent, mm. like exceptional talent from Benin. Very, very crazy guys. But um, there are no a lot. So we don't have, like, you know, like here in Lagos, so like you have people who are willing to invest or people mm. who are like people. We don't have those kind of people there, first of all. And then... I think another thing that just affects people, maybe those guys, is also exposure. Exposure. It's, you know, when you are limited with the things that you know and, you know, you just feel like, okay, um, you can you can do anything from anywhere. Don't get me wrong. You can do anything from anywhere. But you for you to reach a wider audience, then you need to be able to find a way to connect what you're doing there with, you know, people like everywhere and then you need people you need to go out you need for people to see what you're doing so i feel like a lot of a lot of the, and then they do not understand the business even the artists that are there that are kind of like popping that up they don't even know the business some of them don't even know what splits are what split sheets are they don't even like when you're telling it's like oh, what's what's an advance like why are you giving you know you're working with a producer and then or working with an artist and you know you need to pay an advance you're like no i thought you were just doing this for me because we're friends it doesn't work like that like so th- there's a lot of like you know they need to the need for them to be educated you know about how the industry works um for now, I don't have any um, specific plans for that because I'm still my career is just yeah, starting. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Mm. But I know what I'm doing so far is giving a lot of people hope, mm, mm. and you know, just making them feel like it's possible. Yeah, it's possible because yeah. I've had people message me, text me like, "Yo, this is this is, um, you inspire me," or "This I've been hearing about you before now." Oh, finally, I get to see you, and then I'm so happy that you're doing this. And then, you know, there's we're actually doing this thing, like, um, trying to connect. Because even while I'm here in Lagos, I'm still trying to connect with my brothers, with mm. people that, you know. Because I, I noticed, like, when you approach this thing, like, a family thing, like, it, it always works out well because we have a common understanding of where we are coming from yes. and where we want to go. Yes. you know where we're going to so like my the way myself and Rema were working and mm. a couple of other people too you know it's just we're trying to push that you know BC Benin City to the world yeah. you know thing and you can yeah. in this one of his songs um, FYN the intro of it is like you know 
he mentions that too and then even on his project you know just trying to work with like you know people that did you always feel like he was gonna be a star and what was he like at 13 i mean how how did you even know him at 13 he had a career then. so yeah someone <laughs> someone brought him someone brought him to the studio and then it was himself and alpha p they were in a group they were called iran a mm. um yeah i i all i would say that i always knew that he had something mm. in him I'm, I won't, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know how, because you can be talented, right? And then at some point, you just, you might just get tired of doing music or you would even try and then it doesn't work out how you expect, but you're actually very talented. But the one thing that I would say is he was exceptional hmm. from the start. He wasn't making music this way, but he was even rapping when he started. And you know, every time, like when we we're recording, then I remember, I remember, would would record, and sometimes I would suggest, I'd be like, okay, maybe you should do this and do that, or sing this way. And I would even sing it for him, mm-hmm. maybe like backups and whatever. And I always noticed that he got it at first mm-hmm. listen. At first listen, he he gets it, and he just goes on the mic and he does it. I'm like. This guy is sharp. He's he's, he's fast. <laughs> yeah, and then over time, you know, while we worked on like three or four songs at that time, and I just I saw the improvements. Like every the next time, it's like he's better than mm, the last time he came. Yeah, the previous time. So when he was even before he was he was unveiled, um, two years before. I was in 2017. Yeah. I stumbled upon one of his songs, himself and Alpha P. Um, um, the title of the song was Starboy. Um, it's a trap mm. you know, type song. And I saw the link on Facebook. I just saw it. I was like, oh, this guy is... So I, I hit it and I played it. And I was blown away because it was even different from what they were doing mm-hmm. before. Wow. And I was like, yo, this is mad. This is like some American type you know, shit, like the yeah. sound, it was just, you couldn't tell that they were Nigerians. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is crazy. And the then, yeah, and then I remember I even sent him a message because before that 2017, I'd not heard from him, I'd not seen him. Mm. I mean, we're not friends, I'm yeah. way older than him, right? Yeah. So it was just, oh, yeah, mm. that kind of thing. So yeah. I saw it and I was like, oh, nice. So I commented and he responded, and that was it. Until 2019, when it was unveiled, I was like, oh, shit, this guy. This guy. Like, ah, nice, nice, nice. So I wasn't surprised. Nice. I wasn't surprised at all. Nice. So he, he, he's always had it coming. He's always yes. Had it and level. and you can see he keeps evolving. Like, you hear it in his sound. You hear, like, he keeps evolving, not just in music, in his brand, his personality. He's very, he's very intentional about everything. Everything mm. that he does, he knows... Like, it's planned. He knows this is how he wants to go about it. It's not like, hey, I'm just doing this because... Yeah. Bro, it, um, um, it's funny that you would say this exact thing because um, I've only met him a few times. But on the album, I got this vibe because I was listening... Personally, I was listening to um, the album and then at some point, I started feeling like, oh, wow, most of the songs are about girls. So it was kind of like making me feel a certain way. Yeah. And then the next song that comes on is Are You Are There? Are You There? 
and are you there starts out with a line that yeah. says you people say I think you know so I'm like yo this guy actually knows what he is doing he knows this is the music he's trying to he make was now. he was he was on on Instagram live two days ago was it two days ago yeah yeah and then he was talking because I mean like as much as um we you know, the reception is amazing. Mm. You know, there are a lot of people that are going to come and say haters and people that just want to say a lot of rubbish. Mm. So it was just addressing, like, stuff. It was like, man, he just feels like they need to say stuff and that he was talking to his own fans, like mm. his own, you know, fan base, like Rivers, saying that, oh, they shouldn't send anybody. He's not scared of anybody. He's doing his thing. He respects everybody. But anybody that wants to come and this is... Or more, he will give it back to them, that kind of thing. <laughs> that that everybody's saying blah blah going global, that he had gone global since 2019. He had gone international since 2019, and that's fact. <laughs> right? And then he he was he mentioned um that you know he's only going to sing about what is real to him, like that's his reality. Hmm. He's exactly. young. Exactly. He's pretty young. That's his reality. Exactly. That why are people expecting him to sing about very deep stuff? That exactly. like if he actually starts revealing the things that are in his mind, that it will be so depressing because that boy has gone through a lot too. He lost mm. his father at a very young age and lost his elder brother, oh. and then all of a sudden the responsibility fell on his shoulder. Like he felt like he had to do something, and that was as as at as early as fifteen. Hmm. You know, he felt like he was already a man. He had to take care of stuff. Wow. And he's been out there, on, been on the streets. He's done, like, tried to, like, just, you know, um, take care of his family, take care of his mom and his sister. Yeah. And then you can even hear in this, the first track on the album, Divine, you mm-hmm. can hear, like, you can. he knows, like, he knows his purpose. Mm. Do you understand? And the are you that you're, that you're talking about? He starts with that line that I, people say all this thing, and then he still goes on to sing about conscious shit, Yo, like that's addressing, what... you know. And then he was reminding people of the things that I did in 2020, the things that I did. See, I don't know, I don't think people remember before before the answers thing. Mm. I think one of the things that and and people didn't pay a lot of attention to it, but I think one of the things that you know kind of like made this um what do you call it um accelerates the whole interesting and whatever was mm. the fact that people like him actually came out to speak the police brutality thing mm. happened and you know that period um files had come out to speak yes he had, um, one other person had run spoken. Town. yeah and run town mm. and rema had spoken rema but rema was in nigeria at that time yes he had spoken and he was talking and then the thing the action he took for that was so he caught his dreads that was in protest of what was going on at that yeah. time wow he caught his his dreads for that. And he said it on that record. And he said it on that record. Wow. I don't talk, I don't tweet, I don't this, I, I don't, don't this, I don't cut my dad for, for the matter. Like, he cut his dreads because of that. But people just, they didn't even, they, they just think he did. He cut his dreads because of that because it was the police brutality. Young boys like, oh, so I'm, like it was in protest to that. To and, that. Wow. So. Man, um, <laughs> Andre, at the start of this, we talked about you talked about um A and R and this and this suggestion. Yeah. So um 
the industry is expanding and a lot of young people are really, really coming into this thing wanting to be nothing else but to be A&Rs. Yeah. So from a producer's point of view and somebody who works with arguably Africa's biggest indigenous label, yeah. um, how can a young A&R get their foot in the door and develop their 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 art or craft and more importantly how does an A&R work best with a producer in such a way that there are no no friction no problems yeah um so i think i'll just explain from like how i've worked with like A&Rs mm. right so when i when i create um sometimes i like to sample for for people and anybody could be an A&R yeah you just need to have like that ear for music and what the market you know um wants or what the market should 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 be getting mm. right um so i play stuff or sample stuff for like some of like the A&R guys i work i've worked with and then you know they come with you know suggestion like oh i like this i like this but what do you think about this like have you thought of this it's not like imposing it on me but like mm. have you thought of this or this or i think this person will sound nice on this and doing that already has you you've done the work of an air and arrow even just suggesting just saying and then i can think of it i'm like oh, that sounds like a good idea like yeah i think i should try this person out and then I think part of the work they also need to do is like, because it's sort of like a managerial type job too, mm. because they would, part of their job is to reach out to some of these, especially if they, they think, you know, that person, you know, is the right person for, yeah. for the for the song. And then they also help to like, you know, organize like studio sessions, mm. camps and all of that. And you just plan like, everything you know um yeah but a and arrows should just have like a wide knowledge of music the, the industry how it works you know how um the kind of music that's you know pop that make that make it you know mainstream you know and the type of music that you know would be best for a certain situation mm -hmm. or time because different times like you can't the kind of music that you put out in the first quarter of the year it's not the kind of music you should be putting out in third quarter mm -hmm. or, the, or the fourth quarter we have four quarters right mm -hmm. yeah it's not the kind of music you should be putting out so a good air and arrow would be able to tell you because your music can be great it would, it's great but sometimes this music this is not the right time for it you know, that's their work for them to be able to guide you and tell you that maybe yeah. we should wait, maybe we should plan this better. So it doesn't, when we put it out there, it doesn't just get, you know, you know, sucked in, like, mm. you know, swallowed and then people don't really get to hear yeah. it. You need to give space because I feel like most of the more up-tempo songs come out towards the last two quarters of the year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, then the mid-tempo songs, you know, early in the year and stuff. And then, yeah, they just need to, they need to be very knowledgeable in, you know, in what an air and arrow entails, and um, 
apart from that, I think the the need to networking and all of that also helps mm. Mm. a lot of times. Yeah, it helps and communication. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. Um, Andre, how has this has this journey been? Has this journey been profitable? Yeah. Yeah, it Would has. Would you encourage somebody, especially somebody who genuinely has the talent and the interest, seeing how your journey has... Would you encourage somebody and say, you know, go for it? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I will encourage anybody that wants to do this to production or, or be a producer or whatever, or be a sound engineer. There are different aspects of production. You don't even have to be making beats. Mm. You could be a recording engineer. You could be a sound engineer. And these things are, they are profitable. You can make money off them. But the thing is, you need to, you need to educate yourself. Nobody's going to, if you sit down there and just think you're just recording in studio, making your beats, is going to put food on. No, it's not going to. You need to find a way to place yourself. Proper placement, mm. you know, um, the right people to work with. You don't have to work with everybody. Just know you know, who you have that synergy with and, you know, create magic with that person and then find ways. So as a producer, because, oh, you feel like it's the artist's job to promote the music, so you sit down. No, don't sit down. Keep going out there. Try try to put yourself out there more. You know, try to push this stuff. And by, by pushing even the work you've made, you've produced, more people will know you. Mm. And when more people know you, you would... Um, you'd have opportunities to go out there to meet more people. The more you meet people, the more you would even, that's free education because sometimes you just have conversations with people and, you know, you learn things that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The people I know now, like, there are people I met just one time and then I realized that I've been doing this thing wrong Hmm. all along. The first time I met Jazzy, in 30 minutes, I, what I wanted to do, like, the picture became clearer just from having a conversation with him. Like, I I knew instantly that this is what I've been looking for. This is what I needed since. And then I found it, yeah. Yeah, I've probably not figured how I want to do it, but I know I'm in the right space. Mm. And so I need to keep pursuing this. I need to keep pursuing. I need to find the light at the end of the tunnel. You yes. know? Keep, yeah, it still seems dark, right? But I need to keep going. I need to keep going. And then the more I dig, the more it's like I keep finding like gems. I keep finding like, you know, diamonds picking. And that's what's happening to me like so far. Like I'm digging and I'm digging and found like mm. one hit song. Mm. Another, before I knew, another one came. Another yes, one came. And yes. then there's another one. And then it's just the conversation is different for me now. I see, I know a lot of artists that I didn't have like, you know, access to. Mm before and we are cool and I can I have personal I can call them I can say yo I have this beat um, listen to it I have this idea blah blah and they'll they pay attention they'll listen to it and I'm not begging anybody yeah. right because I've done the work and they can see it is evident I've done the work you know I, I think one one thing I know how it is to be hungry and you want something and then you want people to help you and because sometimes from these guys the approach they have like when they also come to the DMs because I see that in the DMs like they're so desperate they don't even like okay then sometimes I try I'll be like okay let me even check and then I go to the person's page and there's nothing like there's nothing here you've not even done anything mm. for me. So, be, so how do you expect? I'll carry you and show you. I'll go and give show you to this person and say, "Hell, for what? 
No, it's not possible. You need to do the work. It was easy for me to get into this, get to this place because I put in that time. Mm. I did the work. And when, before Jazzy met me, he, I'm sure he didn't know any of my songs. He just gave me the opportunity to, to meet him. I think it was through my cousin and, you know, and I played stuff. And I'd not made stuff in a long while. So when I was even playing, so I was playing old stuff. I was even telling like, um, this thing is like, it's, it's old, I'm just like, I don't replay it. And I was playing it and it was bombing. I was like, yo, this is hard. This is nice. And then that's where I realized that, oh, okay. I mean, all that time I put into this thing mm. was not, it wasn't wasted. It wasn't wasted. And that's the same mindset I have till now. You know, when something big happens, what's the next big thing, please? I don't even dwell in it. This like the next thing. Let's go. Hmm. Let's go. Wow. Let's go. So basically, as a producer, good or bad, you just have to keep creating. Keep creating. Wow. Keep creating because it's the one you least expect. Like exactly. If the things we're talking about, the songs that we have out there. Sometimes, like when yeah, it's popping. It's B. It's great. I'm, I'm grateful, but. There are beats I have. There are songs that I've recorded that people might never hear them. And they are mad. Like, the creativity. They are mad. Like, but some some of them, it doesn't feel right to put it out. Like, we don't even know if we put it out, like, people will accept. But, like I said, like, put out your stuff, however you want to, but just have a proper, like, plan, like, for promotion, mm. too. Because it's wanting to put out a song, and then yeah. sometimes you might be lucky, somehow people will find it, but you also need to promote and like I said, I love music, a lot of beats I've made. Like when I listen to them, I'm like, <laughs> they were just ones people are hearing, they've not heard anything. <laughs> so they've not. Um collaboration yeah. in production. Um I see a bit of that on Rema's album. Mm-hmm. Um it's beautiful to start to see these things because we didn't even used to see it before. In fact, I feel like I've been somewhere where a producer got angry because there was um, a chance that there might be some co-production, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, what is your take on co-production and that type of collaboration? And just to tie it all in, um, what goes on in a writing camp? So in co-production, the way I see it is, I, I think it's, it's, it's a fantastic, you know, way of, creating um being that for me um normally i don't mind you know co-producing with anybody before so but the first time i did this was on this remas you know working with other producers on this remas project mm-hmm. before then i've always been doing my thing not because i can't work with any other person mm-hmm. it's just yeah i know what i want to do and maybe that opportunity had not presented itself mm-hmm. um but Working with like other producers, it, it kind of like um, opens you up to even like new ideas, things that you didn't know, things or maybe an approach how you would have mm. attacked this stuff. And then this person has like his own idea and then just adds it and it gives it like a different feel. And then it also opens you and exposes you to like that person's contacts because. Mm. We've worked on something, so somehow we already, we know ourselves. Exactly. You know, and then tomorrow I'm trying to work on something, and then maybe I'm trying to get, like, this artist, I don't have, like, direct contact with him, but I know, like, you know this guy, you're close to this guy, I can 
use it and then and then it just um basically it's um his the other person's um him being on a project can also help you like you know with um um the reach the reach of that yes. music that you've created yes. you know because he probably might have had like it could be bigger than you mm. you know and then a lot of people fuck with his music mm. or his production and then they happen to see that he co-produced with you on your own stuff. And it's yeah. like, oh, this guy. And then they check. And then exactly. people that, that fuck with his music will come and then check me. I'm like, oh, yo, you, this guy is dope too. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's good. And then I think one of, one of the things that has, you know, um, made it um, like for Nigerians is, First of all, it's like, ah, this guy won't chuck my money, won't half my money, money. But you actually can make more, <laughs> more like, money. more money. It's like more money. I like that. It's actually more money. Like, that's how, I, it's more money. It's not even how I say it. It's more money. Like, because I'm producing for the right people. I'm, yeah. You know, the music is in the right channels. It's everywhere. And it's, bro, that's more money. Yeah. Because now if you, people see that you can work that way. Now there will be more opportunities for like placements and stuff, and you know the opportunities opportunities have even started coming like internationally for like with other record producers. I've mm. worked with like some producers I've not met. They're not even in Nigeria. Mm. Some in Trinidad and Tobago Woo. sent stuff. I made my stuff. I added like my and I gave it a different fee, and they were so grateful. Like yo, like how did you think of this thing? And then you know it's just that's you know collaboration. Yes. I have something I'm working with like another artist and another producer from Ghana. And then, you know, I took the music to a whole different level. It was amazing before I got it. And then when my hands were on it, I took it to another you level. Yeah, so, Vibes. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just... And then even me doing that, like, adding my own stuff. I'm also learning from that other guy because mm. I'm like... Because I'm seeing, like, the breakdown. I'm, I have the stems. And yes. I'm like, oh, shit. Now, so this guy typically this thing. This is, like, this is crazy. I didn't, I didn't think of it this way. Mm. You know, it's just... You're helping yourself. So collaboration is just generally a good idea. It's a good idea. Lovely. Yeah. So about the writing camps, we're yeah. going to close off with that. Yeah. Because we've been having a lot of those around lately, yes. which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what goes on in a writing camp? basically you have producers, you have songwriters in a camp and make the artists. Um, if the artist is not there, if it's not available, you can still have like producers and songwriters. They make music. Mm. It's done everywhere in the world from the Beyonce's to Jay-Z's, all of them to Michael Jackson's, the Rihanna. Rihanna. You know, some artists are great at recording and making music, but maybe in terms of writing, they are not that great. Like, mm. it, it's nice, but, you know, it's wanting to be able to make music and also, like, make hits, you know, yes. make songs that people can relate yes. to. So, if you don't have the ability to do that, then it's good if you um, you have people that can do that with you. And, you know, how the, the, the music, like, the game has changed, you know. Everybody can make money off these things, you know. You are credited on on the record as a songwriter created as a producer created as this and it doesn't take anything away from you know you as the artist it's your song at the end of the day mm. it's you who is going to perform it it's you who is going to sure. be you know breaking money from the shows and whatever you know we'll just be taking money maybe from streaming royalties and man, publishing and whatever so and then i mean the way i see it's no one man is an island 
you know, even the artists that are great, that their mind is like fresh and they are churning out hits, after a while, like they burn out. They will burn out, mm. right? The way you create is not going to be the same way you used to create before. Even I don't feel the same way. Like it's just what's helping me now is experience. So my approach to everything is different these days. I don't, I'm not, um, I'm still hungry, but it's just when I was younger, when I was way younger, I had this burning, you know, this energy. Mm. Like I didn't want to stop. I, I wasn't thinking of any other thing, but now I'm thinking of so many things at the same time, right? I'm thinking of, you know, <laughs> I mean, thinking of starting a family it's mm-hmm, on my mm-hmm, mind, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, yeah, if I had to start a family, there, there has to be money exactly, set aside, there has to exactly. be this, there has to be that, and then there are responsibilities and paying rent, mm. um, taking care of the house. Yeah. I mean, you know, I lost my dad last year, so it's like, yeah. now responsibilities on my mm-hmm, shoulder. Mm-hmm. I have to call and check what's going on at the house. The tenants, this, 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 have they paid? Or, um, oh, we need to fix this. Or, they're just little issues here and there, and then you yes. have to sort that out. And then it's like everything, you know, and then maybe your babe said the stress or this, that, you know, <laughs> just everything. So yeah. the way I create is 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 different now. But I just, the experience covers it up for me. And then when I really want to work, I just focus and just, you know, shut out every other thing and work. Um, so as an artist, you can still be making nice songs, but it might not have the same impact that you used to have before when, you know, you just started. Yes. And that way you need to, because maybe people have gotten so used to the kind of music you've been yeah, putting out. Yeah. It now sounds like it's the same thing. So you need to switch. You need to get, you know, hmm. um, this other person's... Yeah, perspective. Yeah, perspective, hmm. you know, on music. And that's where, you know, the importance of, like, songwriters come in too. You just and even producers. For me, I'll say artists should be able to work with as much as you know producers. Maybe first project when you first start, you know, to solidify your sound, work with you know mm. certain producers yes, to have that sound. But mm. after a while, it's nice to change because me, I want to change and work with another artist. Mm-hmm. I don't want <laughs> every time just it will not be like it's the same thing because yeah. after a while because we're so used to each other mm. we we start to create the same thing and it, it sounds the same and then people would expect the same so, things like it, yeah. yeah so I don't want people to also feel like you know it's, uh, when these two people join it's like this kind of thing but yeah we'll be able to make it but sometimes let me go and work with another person and, and come back <laughs> lovely yeah. then Andre let me know we, 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 we've even taken so much of your time Um, so what is there anything you want to put out there anything you want the listeners to know anything you're working on anything any final word for new producers or you know anything a a a, a parting shot yeah um right now i'm actually working on some new music new materials um Lovely. yeah i'm hoping like yeah, there are conversations up about how to like you know push put it out you know properly big mm. is there like the opportunities are there you know the funding you know is there um so for now i'm just trying to create um i'll say i'm 15 percent in um but um i could put out like a single soon you know something with just working with like nice. an artist yeah um on that like 
I'm like ninety five percent ready on that song. Yeah. Um. Then for producers, see, I just say go for it and dare to be different. You know, just don't um don't try to be like this other guy. You could get um inspiration from you know anybody, but you know try to make it you. You know, through that um you factor that element mm-hmm. into you know what you're trying to create because I feel like the fresh sounds always stand out because it's new yeah it's new so they always stand out so just there to be different 